Right. Welcome back to Channel 9 Live. I'm John Papa, and we're here all day. Actually, I'm just here for a half an hour. So we're going to talk about Silverlight with a bunch of good fellows here next to me. And what you want you to do is text your text them. Yeah, why don't we tweet our questions into pound channel nine live? That's pound ch nine live. Please do that. We'll get a bunch of questions queued up. And while we're waiting for everybody here, I'll introduce our Silverlight TV episode number sixty nine. Our sixty ninth one here today. We've got three great guests. Let's start here with the shiny man, since everyone <laughs> blinded by the light. Yeah, you like wrapped that? Wrapped up like a. Uh, it's my Azure suit. It's because uh, I'm, I'm all in. You're all in. So all who in. is this gentleman here? What do you do? My name is Ward Bell. I'm VP of Technology at IdeaBlade. We make a product to help uh, you build uh, applications that consume their data-driven applications and they consume them on any .NET client. So you use a lot of Silverlight-type stuff to build cool apps. Silverlight is definitely it. It's so you bomb. know something about that. And you also have a session here this week, don't you, at Mix? I do. Uh, there are a lot of, there's a lot of interest among people who build business applications mm -hmm. for the desktop in how they could uh, have a presence on the phone. And I'm going to suggest some thoughts that they should keep in mind as they, some sort of guidelines for how to think Great. about that. And so people can watch it online later. What's the title of your session so they can look for it? Uh, it starts with all thumbs, colon, and then goes on from there. All thumbs. Yes. All thumbs. Just look for the man with the shiny blue shirt. <laughs> and we got a guy who needs no introduction over here. What's your name, sir? I'm Laurent Bunion. Laurent Bunion. Yes. Thank you. And uh, I'm a director of user experience integration for Identity Mine. Uh, I, you know, had my session, so I'm now in. And what you was know. your session? My session was uh, Deep Dive MVVM, MVVM uh, which was uh, pretty much a uh, continuation of what we did last year, which was uh, you know, an introduction to MVVM. So this time we went uh, really all deep uh, with a model view view model. And the idea was to, um, you know, I collected so many emails with questions about how do you do that, you know, from people who had seen the, the right. first one. That this year I went and I answered those questions, hopefully, you know, satisfactorily. Right, so, so folks who don't know, you did a session last year, a very popular session on MVVM, yes. one open call with the voting that all of you out there voted for Laurent to do last year at Mix. It was very successful. Yep. It was kind of more of a beginner level MVVM. And this Absolutely. year, much deeper dive. Absolutely, which, yeah. It was a packed house. It was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I was lucky to have a full room, so I was very happy about that. I Always think there was nice. a reason it was full. I think you were I, pretty good. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> what I liked is that uh, I could see people nodding along as I, as I was talking, which meant that they got it, and I got some excellent questions after the, you know, after the session, which right. means that they, they are using that stuff in production. And that makes me very happy. So yeah, and that's great. Thing. And you and I also recorded a Silverlight TV episode. We did. It will be on the air in a couple of weeks too. That's very good. I'm looking forward further. to see that again. Yeah. So <laughs> not to leave anybody else out, we've got a third guest over here, and you are. My name is Luigi Rosso. I'm the CTO at Archetype. We do a bunch of stuff, rich interactive applications, um, a lot of Silverlight work, both on the desktop, online, and on the phone. And just to explain everybody what he does for a living, what he does is he actually works out. He's a personal trainer of Scott Guthrie. He's the one who gave him the six-pack abs in the great 3D demo that we did in the keynote today. And you guys had some other roles in the keynote, did you not? Yeah, we did a couple other things. We worked on uh, some of the stuff yesterday, and we worked on uh, a couple different products and things that are going to be available soon. Libraries right. and such. And the demo that I did today was actually written by yeah, and the, Luigi. the house builder. Yes, the house. house we like forgot already. We've we've been through the keynote, so definitely want to get you all. Thank you for coming on. Anybody out there on Twitter, you want to tweet your questions about Silverlight? We got a 3D expert. We got business application experts, and a guy with a blue shirt who happens <laughs> to be a very good friend of mine. So I'm going to tease him incessantly throughout this whole interview. Thank you, John. Please tweet Channel Nine Live, CH Nine Live. We we'll get some of your questions on air. So we've got a, a lot of stuff going on at Mix here. What would you guys give me your impression about the keynote? Today's keynote absolutely rocked. Uh, the uh, 
the Silverlight 5 stuff, because I'm going to talk about the Silverlight yeah, stuff. it's Silverlight TV. It, uh, it is Silverlight TV, and um, it was wonderful to see all the solidity of the, the Silverlight 5 coming out. The 3D stuff, I think, really excited people. Mm -hmm. um, but the knockout for me, and I think for many people, was the Kinect demonstration with the astronomy. It was so moving. The blast, you know, it, was, yep. it was one of the Fantastic. most moving demonstrations I have ever seen. It was amazing. And I, anybody who missed it, they got to go see it. Definitely. That, that was one of the best keynotes that I've ever been involved. It was, it was pretty fantastic there. So <laughs> we, have, we have our first question from uh, Tim Hewer. From our friend Tim. Yeah. Tim well, Tim Hauer. Well, I'll mispronounce Hauer, his name on purpose. That? He uh, must be German or something. Yes, he must be. I, I must believe, yeah. And I think he's at the Not at Mix at Twitter <laughs> right now. So the question is from Tim Hewer. Question for Ward. Does Barry Manilow know you raided his wardrobe? <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, he doesn't yet, but I hear the police are on their way, so uh, <laughs> I, this is going to be a very brief interview. I'll be out of here soon. <laughs> so those who don't know, Ward has a general theme of showing up at these uh, events in very extravagant outfits. I don't know what you're talking about. I have <laughs> oh, geez. So, yeah, the keynote, we did a lot of good Connect stuff and yeah. Silverlight. What did you think about the Silverlight stuff in the keynote? Uh, the Silverlight stuff was great, and in fact, you know, if I can say that, uh, I, I think what was shown was great, but don't forget that there is even more stuff coming, right? Yes. In the I beta already, features. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And there is even more stuff in the beta coming up, which, uh, I, I mean, you know, I do MVVM stuff, and uh, a lot of things that were added in Silverlight 5 beta, which is already available now, uh, will definitely help people who do, uh, do especially a lot of things with bindings, for example, with exactly. the, you know, the binding debugging. Uh, you have uh, ancestor, ancestor, Six. the fine mode, yeah, to 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 go up the so visual tree. So can you explain what is the fine uh, fine? Yeah, sure. Relative source fine ancestor. What exactly. So when you do a, a binding, you always have a source for the binding, and the source is an object which is going to be you know where the property lives, mm -hmm. which is a you know the the, the the value of the binding, right? And uh, you have different ways to assign that object. Uh, one way is to say just source equals and then the static resource, for example, or you can right. do element name. But you need to, a static yeah, exactly. resource, yeah. And there is one which is a little bit less known uh, because it's very new in Silverlight. Uh, I think it was introduced in Silverlight 4, actually, uh, which is the uh, relative source, right? right? And relative source allows you to find an element relatively to the place where you are uh, as in the visual tree. Uh, so the one in Silverlight 4 is uh, self, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and and w, that was in WPF, the, the new Rails Force Find Ancestor. Yeah. So all that is actually coming from WPF, so it's fully compatible. And uh, the, the new one in Silverlight 5 is a Find Ancestor, which allows you to walk the tree and to go and say, OK, I, I, am in a, I know that I am in a grid, so let's go and find that grid. Let's, ex let's explain why this is, I mean, because we're telling the technical <coughs> thing, but sure. uh, the classic case is the combo box where you, you, you've got, let's say, an order and you want to know the status and it's in a grid and you've got orders, order, orders, and this, the, the, the row in the grid has to show that it's the current order or shipped order. Mm -hmm. But where did you get the list of options? Well, they're somewhere fly, you know, they come in from some source and way up high. they're not in the data context. They're not in the data context and you can't reach them and therefore you can't bind to them. So binding the list in the combo box is the classic example yep. and we've had all kinds of workarounds and we cut right to the chase. And this makes it really, really simple to do. And, and actually, I think it was used in the keynote demo. We didn't mention it. No, it wasn't you download mentioned. that code, that's in there, isn't it? Yeah, it's totally in there. We used it for the combo box, actually, on that construction list at the end. All of the different options for, say, the doors. We had different materials on the doors. Instead of having to go into every single view model and populate a list of doors, we had a list of available doors in the construction list, which was a big object that contained all the individual items. And then we just did 
ancestor find source, you know, it went to the... Now, everybody's snoozing at home. They're thinking we're talking about combo boxes. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this combo is Combo boxes are cool. Yeah. I mean, this is what we it do makes all it so day much long. easier. We really. do this stuff all day long, you know? And, and, a lot yeah. of these features that came out in Survey 5 really do help make your life easier. Uh -huh. That's kind of the point. It's not the whiz-bang, but it, it makes your life easier, especially guys like us here. Yeah. yeah. So let's get back to some of the questions. We've been uh, getting a couple of tweets in at <clears> Found <throat> Channel 9 Live. Thank you very much. So we've got some questions from Martin... Martin Trodson. I sound like I'm speaking like Aaron Burr. So we've got, uh, is it possible to use smart cards to authenticate and login in SL web apps? So can we use smart cards to do like authentication or login? It's like uh, RS readers or anything else like that. Has anybody done or thought about that? We've... Go ahead. So we, we actually tackled it in a few different ways and I think that we... The best answer that we've found so far is doing it in the web app and then letting the credentials go through to Silverlight. So doing it in the web app, which, which has access to, do, um, to the certificate that's using. Right, right. Particularly in IE, it works very well. It's, right. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a problem that I think that's the best way to tackle it. That's the best solution that we've found so far. I know that there are a lot of other paths that people have tried and have taken mm -hmm. and have explored. Sure. But mm -hmm. it, gets, uh, it gets very messy and very, very complicated. Right, I can imagine a lot of enterprises would like to use something like that. Yeah, we get a lot of requests from our clients for that, and that's definitely something that's imagine. very important to solve. So, so basically the server, it, you, you get all that stuff done, and then the server creates some kind of a security context that it sets down to the Silverlight application mm -hmm. on the client, and, that, and the client says, yeah, that looks good to me, and then Silverlight it goes. Silverlight plays nice, right? So it's just yeah. tacking along. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool, cool, great. So you got another question here. It's one from earlier today from Solus Swede. I love that. That's great Twitter handles. Tell us about the supported 3D formats. Are Kalata animations supported? So I mentioned earlier in an interview with Scott Gu, and this came up, that I would defer this question to Luigi when he came on. So the, you know, this is a low-level 3D API. You can support any format that you want. What we built for the House Builder app, which is actually going to be available as open source in, I believe, the end of the month or so. Soon, yes. Soon, yeah. <laughs> um, we built in Collada support. And the reason why is because Collada is a really good format. It's an inter interchange format. It can get your models from one package to another really well. It supports all kinds of data structures, all kinds of also animations and so on. What we built is basically just model support, textured models. Uh, we have a couple of sample shaders in there. We have a, a basic shader that just supports normal UV texturing. And we have a normal mapping shader that you can also use. Um, and we take care of generating tangents and binormals and all that stuff in the importer. But right now, it's just geometry. There's no animation. But right. you could very easily add that in. There's no reason why you can't. But are there any other model formats that we could uh, use? What are some of the other popular model formats? You could take a look at FBX. You could take a look at .x. There's a lot of other formats. Collada is nice and easy because it is XML. And so it's very human-readable. Right. It's easy to open it up. A lot of It's highly, highly supported by a lot of different platforms. So you, know, you can get them out of... You know, I think we were using Maya and Cinema 4D, but you can use almost any platform out there. It has a plug-in for, for I think the great thing about the application that you built goes on, I know we built this application over the last, I don't know, five or six weeks, right? Yeah. But over that time period, you spent a lot of time, because I put a constraint up front of make it so it's reusable, it's a real-world app, it's yeah, got absolutely. NVVM built into it. It is, yeah, absolutely. And you can load models. And looking at the code, it's very obvious where you're loading the models and how mm -hmm. this works. So yep. it should be extensible. Yeah, yep. well, the models are actually data bound in. We have a view model of, I think there's a, there's a house selector view model that has a list right. of all the different houses. There's simply a path to where the DAE model lives, the Collada format model lives. 
and we load those up and it's, it's actually loaded asynchronously so it's coming through a web server and then we load down the textures and so on. We actually load the texture, the, the shaders asynchronously too so you can change them at runtime. So can you explain a little bit to people out there who may not be into the deep level 3D, what is a shader? What's a texture? What are you talking about with those? So a texture is something that if you imagine at the most simple level if you have a 3D polygon which is three points let's say in a, a triangle, right. a texture is something that gets mapped on top of that. In order to make that look like something you could just fill it in all purple. So think of, think of the polygon as a wire frame that you're putting together. Mm -hmm. and exactly. You put the texture on top. Layer that the texture is the detail. It gives you a lot of detail in its information. It's it's uh, it's the visuals that actually get shown and then warped in 3D space. Right. Now a shader is something that gets applied onto that surface to make it look however you want. You can sample from a texture. You can uh, do a lighting equation if you wanted to, and you mm -hmm. can combine textures. You can do all kinds of things. The shader gives you the freedom. To, the pixel shader at least gives you the freedom to make that look however you want. The mm -hmm. vertex shader instead transforms things. It puts things in 3D space. Right, and the vertex can, shader is what you're using to rotate the house. And we're the, using and that for the camera, exactly. The camera in, in that model we're, or in that demo, we're using it to set up the camera. We're setting few, you know, we're setting over a couple of parameters like the position of the camera, the orientation of the camera. And all this can run on the GPU, which is which is the great. That part was the about. amazing thing. Yeah. It really moved so smoothly. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as, you, as you were piloting your way through inside the mm -hmm. house and turning corners and seeing Scott yeah. go on the right, yeah, he's wearing a blue the, shirt. Yes, he was. What yes, happened with that? Even yeah. though the texture was actually pretty complex because you could see the cracks in the, you know, in the, in the, walls, in the concrete and yeah. everything, that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I had to talk to the real estate agent about that. That's why I got <laughs> that big discount on the house. So, <laughs> that's really great. So, again, we got some more questions coming in from uh, Pound Challenge Live. We got KD8FWV. Any possibility to access the read and write reports for human interface devices? That's from Eric. Anybody doing any uh, access for read-write for HID devices? I'm, um, I, I'm not quite sure exactly what the question is about, but uh, it, you know, if you have, I mean, if they talk about devices, right, so you do have com access, right? So right. that and might be that. So I, like maybe like pen readers for some yeah, exactly. pads or any so, other kind of. Yeah, so a lot of, uh, a lot of our customers do that actually in elevated permissions through com. So you right? can do that now instead of like four, it's elevated permissions in com. Yes. And you, Silverlight 5, you have except, other options. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in Silverlight 4, you have to be outside of the browser in elevated permission. Sure. In Silverlight 5, you can do that in the browser with elevated permission, uh, which is pretty cool because it uh, allows uh, an even simpler mode of, mode of delivery for the applications. Right. That's, that's quite nice. Uh, other things coming up is... Uh, <laughs> Other things coming up are, uh, you know, the, the, the socket support, right, which opens, of course, you know, the possibility to many things, right, many additional things. Right? Okay, great. Yeah. That's great. So uh, we got a question here from Caleb Jenkins. Hey, Caleb. How hey, Caleb. How are you, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Anyone doing any unit testing with real yeah. services and MVVM? Yeah. Well, you know, unit testing, so... What's, what's testing? Yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> So unit testing, basically, uh, it, uh, what you want to unit test, it really depends how you do your, your application. And usually when I use MVVM with RIA services, uh, what I do is that I consider the RIA services as being really a data service, which I'm going to call uh, from my view model. Right, models, it's irrelevant right? what data you're getting it from. Exactly. Research is just a place to give you data. Exactly. So what I presented actually yesterday in the session applies to that too. You know, if you consider your, your RIA services, your, you know, domain context, etc. Sure. Uh, a a, a high-level data service, if you want, you can consider that as being, you know, what you're calling, right? 
and the view model can be tested just by abstracting that, basically. So right, that's if the you same, abstract the services yeah. out of the view model, you're just that's, testing the methods in the view model. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. generally, I mean, it, that depends, of course, on, on moving the persistence interaction out of the view model, so, yeah. that the view, so there's right. an abstraction there, a repository or a data service exactly. or whatever you want to Some call it. Some guy I know did a really great uh, session about doing yeah. services and abstraction could, with MVVM. Could have happened. Oh, I, sure yeah, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Selfless and shameless plugs. Is that know? the guy whose book is soft to put monitors on? That, uh, you saw that tweet, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. I saw a lot of tweets during the keynote, too, well, after the keynote. I wasn't tweeting on the keynote. Oh, really? But uh, about the uh, prison uniform that I'm wearing today. So, yes, they let me out of the yard. It's where I've been doing my exercise lately. Anyway, let's move on to another question here. Soulless Swede, I love that title, man. that's great. Do you expect any 3D loaders to be added to the Silverlight Toolkit? That's a good question. So 3D loaders themselves, which right now, let me explain this, what I think he's really asking is in 3D, we've got the low-level APIs that we were talking about, which gives you a lot of power and flexibility, mm -hmm. but it may not be as simple to get up and running in some cases to do things. Mm -hmm. So it'd be nice to have some uh, wrappers, if you will, yeah. to help load some of the models. Yeah. Um, I don't know can if I you guys can answer being the toolkit yeah. or not. I don't think we had plans the toolkit yet, but I know you've got some things in the works. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're really excited about getting some of our stuff out there open sourced, so I think that that's definitely going to happen. If it's the toolkit, that will be phenomenal. If it's through that, some other that's avenue, idea. that's, yeah. But yeah, the great because when we started talking about doing the 3D models, we didn't just want to write a 3D demo, throw it out there. We wanted to have both an example people can follow and then something they can use to reload. Mm -hmm. So exactly. you can actually grab the code. Yeah, we, we wanted to get something out there that actually was reusable and that was was uh, robust enough so that you could actually use it for with a bunch of different formats, which is why we chose Kawada to mm -hmm. start with. Mm -hmm. I think it's the natural one. It could definitely, the actual import process that we do for getting the mesh into a hardware-friendly buffer is applicable to any format out there. So basically there's two libraries. One library is our Collada load library, and then another one is the library that does the mesh processing. That mesh processing library could be used with any other loader out there. So you just need to right. build another importer and you're in good shape to plug Yeah, and the I didn't show, show the code to me, show the code briefly, but in there you've got a library called Pina. Yeah, it's our Pina Collada library. Pina Collada, and you got a library. <laughs> there's another library in there called XNA.math. Would you like to talk about what we included to that? Well, the XNA math library is something that comes from XNA, and that's that's essentially all the power of the you know existing XNA math library, which is phenomenal. You know any kind of geometric operation that you need to do, matrices, planes, vectors, and so on. That's all in there. So you don't have to figure out how to do that. You no, just no, use that library. There. It's tried and tested. It's been used for a long time in mm -hmm. XNA. It's very powerful. That's the stuff that makes Ward and I, yeah, old yeah, guys, yeah. actually uh, feel better. So. My, my, my trig is a little, go <laughs> yeah. little old. You still need to do your own collision detection, but uh, that's you know that's a discussion for uh, another library. So can I ask you a question about the delivery of this? And I'll lead into it because I know, for example, Laurent, your MVVM Lite is now deliverable through NuGet. Yeah. For a while, actually. And, yeah. and um, I, I'm seeing a lot of interest now among the civil life community in being able to get some of these packages That'd into there. Cool. And, and so is any of the kind of stuff that you're talking about, is that a possible delivery vehicle? Does that make I, any I sense? don't see why not. I think yeah. that that Can you do that this afternoon, this Luigi? Afternoon? Is that okay? <laughs> we'll look it now. Yeah. Maybe we yeah. can just pimp the community a bit, right? And I love your stuff, right? But there is a, the Boulder project, yes. you yes. know, which is really a very well-known project, right? And I just saw that. By Anar. Anar, Anar, yeah, yes. exactly. Yes, we also have like MVP uh, actually release a version which works with this the Silverlight 5. Yeah, exactly. 
So he had that prepared for a while and he hit the publish button this morning. It's amazing that he knew Silver Life 5 was coming out. Today. I, I don't know how they know that, yeah, exactly. You, know, yeah. you, ha you have all these people who have this amazing clairvoyance. <laughs> it's it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And fantastic. I think Boulder is cool because he, he can deliver to a number of platforms. It's uh, amazing. And now including Silver Life 5, so which so is So Boulder cool, yeah. isn't a competitor to Silver Life 5's 3D, it's no. actually a helper in a lot of ways. Yeah, it, it, yeah exactly. So when I talk to, to Einar about that, what he said is that the, the things that is in Silverlight 5 3D, and I think you agree with that, is really, like you said, it's a low-level stuff, right? It's, a, it's an enabler for the high-level stuff that other people like you, like Einar, are building. And, and there is a striving community. And we're talking so, Balder, B-A-L-D-E-R, from anyone exactly. wants to go out there and look for it. Yeah, not, not, great. not like... You know, somebody who is older than somebody else. Yeah, 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 exactly. Excuse me, was that a joke about <laughs> no, 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 I, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare. We wouldn't go there. <laughs> we didn't make it that far already, so. Anyway, now. Oh, okay, so. there is a precision on the HID device. So. Yes. So, oh, right, question. right. What, is, what I mean is we have our own HID device and don't yeah. want to install COM. So could, could you use P-Invoke to interfa interface with HID mm -hmm. devices? Uh, well, I suppose. I mean, if the... Um, so so P-Invoke is in Silverlight 5, right? So right. there is a way to, uh, to use full that. full trust. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, of course, gives you the full, uh, you know, the full responsibility and... and and the whole power and the whole responsibility, responsibility which comes yes. with that, right, to, to access pretty much anything you want, right? And so if I could kind of sum it up, I guess what we're really saying here is that could you interface with HID devices using, like, the Windows 32 APIs and Servlight? Yes, you could if you're running full trust. Yes. And then you're running P-Invoke, and you knew yes. what those Win32 APIs were. Exactly. And the good news is that in Silverlight 5, you don't have to be out of the browser anymore mm -hmm. to do that. You can do that in the browser, which opens, of course, a whole range of possibilities. Right. But it's still full trust, so you have to... Right, and the corporate policy has to yes. allow it. The, so, the user so those of you to... out there who don't want people running P-Invoke, yeah. you can stop that yeah, right? yeah. business. This yeah. isn't for to... your home user creating yeah. their flower show. No, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, and the user has to accept that. So exactly. there is a, uh, really a security thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So we talked about some of the things in the keynote. What did you like about earlier stuff in the keynote? Windows Phone. How did that come across? Earlier, so the phone. I wanted to say something about that. Actually, the phone amazed me because I'm an. I mean, you know, we've been doing phone work for a long time, right? And I knew a few things that were coming up, so I was excited about that. Actually, we did a couple of the of the demos that were shown. So I was really excited about that. But you yeah, managed... Your company did the IRC demo, yes. for example. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And exactly. The, yep. So Joby, our, uh, one of our Joby developers, Joby Joy, yeah, did that. Great, great He'll be great on Survey TV next week. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. He's a great guy, really, and very talented. But, but the thing which amazed me is that you managed to surprise me with additional stuff that I was, that I was not even expecting, you know? And that was so cool. I mean, the... So what uh, kind of additional stuff did you... Well, did you know, the, uh, like the, the, the XNA composition that mm -hmm. we saw, these kind of things. Uh, I mean, you know, we might have heard about it, but, but to see that really working... How'd you like that emulator? The, the new emulator? Oh, the stuff with the emulator. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, the new emulator. So the new emulator, so I, knew, I knew about it because I, I had the chance actually to work with the, uh, the, the guys who do the, the tools uh, to do some kind of user research, you know, and I gave them some tips on how to improve the user experience. So right. I knew about that, but I didn't know it was going to be released. I didn't know it was nowhere near ready, you know, and when I saw that and then you, you have the... The, the tool where you have the simulation of the geolocation, which is great because right. I don't want to always be in Redmond, even though I like Redmond, <laughs> but I'm in Switzerland, I want to yeah, be in Switzerland. Yeah, it's nice now in the emulator, you can actually simulate the geolocation exactly. somewhere else, as opposed exactly. to always being in Microsoft Campus. Yeah, exactly. You can also simulate the orientation, you can simulate the shake. And the can, movement, uh, the movement of the location is really cool, I think. Yeah. That's uh, being so able to get of, events. What kind of scenarios does this enable? Because we're running out of time. I wanted to throw in a uh, uh, hey there for the live tile stuff, because for a oh, business. Oh, yeah, the deep 
linking to any yes, yes, yes. For a business really application yes. guy, that's exactly what you want. You got that order. So you, you don't park just it on the go front. right to the front yeah. of the application. Yes. You can link right into a particular that way, That's going to be so useful so that's for fantastic. us. And the other thing which personally makes me super happy because I had an application that I couldn't do because of that, the possibility to have those uh, agents, you know, and then yes, to, the and then to have them ping back the application after half an hour or maybe 20 minutes before you have to get on the train. You just send. It really is know, much more interactive now. So you can yeah, just click and, and it's all on the phone. And yeah. it's all on the phone because you can do that with push notifications, right. but then you have to set up a yes. server, which is very difficult. Yeah. And you, you only know. got 16 before. Exactly. Sometimes you, you just don't need to do that. There's a quicker way. Of yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and here it's all local. Quick, so we have lots of questions coming in here. Just You can tweet us here at hash, sailing the line live, hash. CH9 Live on Twitter. Uh, so please send your questions for these fellows. Uh -huh. And I did want to take a quick moment to talk about the, uh, the Scott Guthrie rotating model that you put on the phone, Luigi. That was uh, something you did on desktop earlier. Yeah, that's right. That's what we did for Firestarter. That was the, the model. So of how hard or easy was that to go from <coughs> desktop over to phone? It was actually surprisingly easy. You know, we did have a guy who we have a guy who's you know very good at getting models loaded and working on them and tweaking them and such. And obviously, there there's different. You know, on the desktop, that version of the model, that application runs with a very, 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 very high resolution model, and you can tell it looks great. But yeah. I think that we actually got it to look, if not just as good, we got it close to as good on the phone. And the nice thing is that on the phone, you still have access to all the XNI importer libraries, right? While right. for the Firestarter, we had to build a custom importer. For the phone, it was just XNA. So we just went back to, I think it was in Maya that he was working, uh, worked the mesh down, exported FBX, imported an XNA, and it was ready to go. And the perf on that was actually pretty darn good at looking through there. Yeah, the animations were really, really good. I, th I was really surprised to see that, you know, when the camera positions were interpolating and stuff, that was really, really fast. It was a little you know, bit too happy. fast at one point. Right? At one point, a little too fast. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Are you referring to the point where Scott gave everybody the front row a little. Uh, yeah, pretty much. He kind of flashed everybody I in, the, thought in, that in was, the audience. That was right? a setup, or did that, was that actually? <laughs> I don't want no answer to that, but I loved it. Everybody loved it. Why are it. you interested? I don't know. I don't know. It kind of blinded me for a while. So yeah. I'm like, oh, you know. No, that, that came off really, really well. It, there's a lot of great stuff that came out with it. Well, what kind of what kind of work did uh, is, is are you going to take advantage of from Silverlight Five with your company now? Well, because most of the stuff is business, and we, we haven't yet wrapped our heads around 3D and how to bring 3D to business. Uh, it was some of those other kinds of features that we were talking about that just make the platform more solid and easier mm -hmm. to work with. You know, that's why we were droning on in the beginning about the combo box, but that yeah. stuff matters to us. What about yeah. the debugging? Oh, what the, the, the debugging. That? The debugging is, is so cool because, uh, you know, that has been a killer for, for many people for, from, for a long time, mm -hmm. is to not know why your binding uh, isn't there. And your output windows saying, binding exception or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's yeah, in there amidst all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, you yep. look it around for I've it. I've got 50 fields bound. Which one yes, is the problem? Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And you cannot see it, especially if you're desperate. You cannot see that one letter off, mm -hmm. the misspelling, the capitalization thing. Mm -hmm. Imagine so, if that happens because you don't have you know. your glasses. Yeah, it could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see anything. I code, you know, I code blind. Anyway, you know, just... <laughs> which oh, is good. Great. You can put the helmet now because you saw the, the Kinect <laughs> demo with the, oh, with the helmet. Yes. That was so inspiring. I'm going to program with that. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. And I love the lounge chair though. Who doesn't love that when I can get the beer <laughs> that way? That was great. Clint was awesome in there. Although I did yeah. suggest him that he created the electric chair instead of the lounge chair originally. Oh yeah. But you know there was a little bit of liability. Yeah. We're putting together with that. Yeah, I, I met Clint just before the demo, and I told him to break your leg, which is what you say, you know, before they go on stage, and he told me, well, you know, I might. So <laughs> yeah, now I know why. <laughs> yeah, we were a little concerned about Clint going into this. So. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, he's got to top it off. You know, last year he had some great stuff. This with the yeah, I don't know. Them, yeah. I don't know how you're going to top that. That chair was just. I want that chair. <laughs> I don't know. I suggested maybe some kind of levitation flying yeah. outfit, but uh, okay. he wasn't too hot for that yet. Okay. So cool. So I want to remind everybody we have some great stuff coming on. We got Pound Chenline Live. Lots of questions were coming that's in early. That's a hash. Hash. Yes. Sorry. Hash. 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 International. <laughs> International. It's a hash. They changed it. It used to be at Channel 9 Live. Okay. They're trying to trick me. So we got a question here from Roy Cornelison. Roy Cornelison. Right. Will some of the new phone APIs, such as local database, also be available in Server Life 5? So the new feature in, in Windows Phone we have was um, basically instead of just ISO story, now you can do SQL Server CE and do offline storage in there. Yep. You know, in Server Life 5, the, the answer to that quickly is, and I'll, I'll take one of these. You guys don't mind. Basically, several like five, we're working on figuring out what features are new from phone. It's definitely something we're looking at. It's not something we're announcing at this time, but uh, you know, if we have good use cases for it, and is this something that we, something interesting to you guys to see in several like desktop? Uh, I, I think there are, you know, there. It's always a question of uh, how can you really enable the community to build something which could do that. Right? right. Should the Sterling team do it, or is there anything yeah. in the community now? Well, well there's Sterling. Sterling you know, we're all talking Sterling, right. Jeremy Sterling. Lickness. Yeah. Go check it out, Sterling Jeremy Lickness project. It's yeah. Complex. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a great offline yeah. database. So, that so, so the question is, uh, you know, the, uh, always the same with those framework issues, right? The question is really, what can you do to make the life of the people who do the, you know, the open source stuff easier? And then after that, if there is still a need, right? I think the real reason maybe why the SQL thing was added on the phone is that people who come from Windows Mobile are really used to have mm -hmm. that. They're used to having SQL exactly. on the Windows Mobile. And I saw a lot of uh, people in the community complaining about the fact that they didn't have it sure. yet, you know? And now they have it, so they are happy. Now, for people like me who come from the civilized side of things, who are actually used to do things a little bit differently, so we work a lot with services. works on, on Servlight and on phone, right? Yeah, yeah it does. So that's In a great addition, option. it does, yeah. So, so that's a good option. So personally, I, I would even, yeah, I think I would prefer to see rather an enable, enablement. Is that the word? I would, yeah. I would rather see you enable. Do, do the things that yeah. we can't do and exactly. let us do the things right. that we that can't we can do. do. Exactly. Because uh, there's so, you know, we're out there to support the the, uh, the success of Silverlight okay. and we, we need the foundation. So work on yeah. that foundation. And I think we have time for one more question. So let's take this question here uh, from that Joe G. I remember you <laughs> from earlier. Ward. This is a question for you, Ward. Yes. Put on your data guy hat. He, he doesn't, well, you want to see the hats he wears. Uh, your thoughts on SQL Server CE support? My thoughts on SQL. Yeah, I think earlier we mentioned here, you know, maybe the, you build a lot of enterprise data type applications. Would that help any or any of your customers? Well, absolutely, uh, because uh, performance is, is really important, and a lot of our customers have the sort of relatively static data that they would like to keep on the client. Mm -hmm. And so the ability to, to get it down there and leave it there and not have to go back to the server mm -hmm. to get products, to get yep. uh, uh, the various long type and it's lists. It's a link to SQL API. It's all sitting right yeah. there, yep. so with a, like, a product like hours, which can simultaneously look both across the net and yep. at the local resource, maybe good things could happen it for you. It took him a half an hour, but he oh, got I the had to get it in there. Product yeah, product. yeah. Well, well, it'll be stored something. robustly. There'll yeah. be easy ways oh, to index the data. Yeah. 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 Because ISO store is fine, but it's really yeah. hard to work with. And one, thing, one thing we have to remember is that, uh, I mean, here in the U.S., you're very, very connected. In Europe, we are not as connected as you, so we need solutions to work offline. Connected meaning the network connectivity with the phone? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. I mean, first of all, it's not as good as here. Second of all, I'm in Switzerland. I'm very fast in Germany where I pay like 10 times the, the data plan because I'm roaming, you know? So yeah. I don't want to do that. I need my data on the phone. So anything which is making it easier is really welcome. That's great. That's yeah. great. And performant. 
and, performance. and performance. Performance, 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 which was the other, the other phone thing. The fact that your application has a chance to still be live, I mean, in memory, if not turned on, so that when you switch back, that's the other thing I really took away from uh, the phone demonstration uh -huh. today. Yeah, really phenomenal stuff coming. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like almost every feature that came out with the phone today was related in some way to performance or speeding up the application. Well, you know, that's a major critique, phone. criticism, right? That's really the major thing that people are talking about, right? Like the scrolling thing, and you did some work in, in that, right? And uh, That so, or Marketplace, that's the, the other one, the Marketplace Yeah, well, stuff. Marketplace is another thing, Ooh. yeah, for sure. Uh, so it's a, it's a huge improvement, the whole... Um, the whole uh, decoding, one thing which for us was really hard, right, is the whole decoding the picture on the UI thread, uh, which is, you know, the major reason yes. why our list box don't scroll as fast as it should, right, right, right like right. in the Twitter app, for example, etc. And that's going to just enable us to make much better apps, so, yeah, kudos on that. Cool. Mm. So what kind of applications do you guys see yourselves building in the future with Silverlight? Uh, you know, I can start. We uh, are actually uh, going to build a lot of Slate stuff uh, in the in the near future with Silverlight out of the browser, most probably, uh, cool. possibly with WPF because WPF is still a first class citizen. WPF is still around as well. Absolutely. You so have usually, choices. You have choices you exactly, choices. and it makes sense to use WPF uh, from time to time. I said WPF three times. I have to tell it five times. WPF I'll say it for you. Okay, cool. WPF. Okay, let's go. So we turn to WPF TV. Well, I want to thank everybody. We've just run out of oh, time here. Sorry about that. Thank you, guys. Luigi, Laurent, and Ward, Shining Blue Man. Uh, you just started the Blue Man Group, right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for coming on, and uh, we have another segment coming up very soon. Thanks a lot.